have a white unmarked van Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 353 being recorded on June 10th, 2015. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. And I'm Alan Malvintan. Did everybody else absolutely expect Josh's voice to be different when we went for the introduction? We always do. It's always different. No, no, no. No? Like chipmunk or oh yeah, I was kind of modified expecting. sadly. Like I, I thought for sure that was going to be. But that's mm. the easy joke. Josh doesn't go for the easy jokes. <laughs> He's in it for the long haul. Josh only goes for the easy jokes when we're sixty plus minutes into the podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. and I have no choice. And it's been three beers deep in that sixty minutes as well. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, three. Three, three beers deep. Three beers deep. <laughs> uh, so welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we probably have a. Some some new viewers, some new listeners. We had a lot of people sign up for our live mailing list over the last week. Welcome. We record the show on Wednesdays, most every Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, at pcpro.com slash live. Um, also, brand new feature, riveting technological advancements we are launching today. You can now stream audio only if you want. We have embedded like a little... Uh, player on the live page as well as giving you access to the m3u file if you'd like and uh, don't show my screen here for a second ken i'm going to give you a, i'm going to give everybody a live update uh there are currently about 25 people listening to us audio only all right i don't know if that says something about uh, people's internet access or the way we look um, maybe they, they're just going to listen both maybe they're just going to listen to us anyway and not watch the video and so they just hit play Save themselves some bandwidth cap. Yeah, because there's a little. So now we need some great sight gags. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do a whole lot of visual only ads. I mean, to be honest, like the majority, we still get more more, uh, downloads, like after the fact, through our audio only version as well. So nothing changes there. If you need a reminder for our podcast, if you want to make sure you never miss our live streams, whether it be for the podcast or like our uh, GeForce stream that we did uh, yesterday. Was that yesterday? It was yesterday. Yes. Uh, We have some Batman live streams coming up. We're going to give away some games and some hardware as well. So you're going to want to know about those when those occur. Uh, If you go to PCPro.com slash subscribe, you can fill out this little form here. All it asks for is your name and your email address. You get signed up for our mailing list and you'll be notified uh, by me. We'd only use it for this stuff. Like I literally handpick all, handwrite these emails, so it's not like you're going to get spam sent to you. So, um, should be easy enough uh, to sign up for that, and uh, we don't let Josh have access to it. As much, we, much. He likes to. I let him like look through the email addresses and just kind of like gingerly stroke the screen as they scroll by. It's really so weird. He he sounds nice. He's, Maybe I'll he sounds like him. a nice person. He sounds yeah. nice. Uh, but let's get into uh, stuff that happened. Um, Looks like we have. Oh, you did miss yesterday the live stream of uh, me and Tom Peterson. Maybe you didn't miss it. Maybe you're actually viewing and you're like, hey, buddy, I was here. I saw it. I did watch it. Some of you missed the live stream yesterday we did at 3 p.m. Eastern uh, that looked at the GeForce GTX 980 Ti. We talked about G Sync. We talked about VR. We talked about GameWorks. We talked about a whole bunch of interesting stuff. Tom Peterson was here. He's always interesting to talk to. He is one of the more open people you'll find in the industry in terms of uh, addressing those types of issues. You know, we asked him a lot of questions that he didn't want to hear. 
but I told him beforehand that we're going to ask him anyway, so think yep. of what you're going to say at the very least. Um, so that was cool. We gave away GTX 980 Ti. Uh, sorry, you can't win it now, but uh, we did give one away. So those are the types of things you miss if you don't uh, subscribe to our live mailing list. So uh, if you did miss it and you want to just get the info, you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash PCPer, or you can go to the front page and find that, uh, that live stream post, and we have the video embedded there as well. Okay, now we'll get into the actual content of the week. A little bit slower week. Last week and the week before, we were kind of inundated with Computex news. Mm-hmm. There was just tons of stuff happening. Uh, and now I would like for it to calm down some, but it's not because it's June. And, like, next week, all this crap starts over again. You've got E3. You've got AMD is going to announce some stuff. Clearly, uh, the, the best secrets in the world. We'll talk about those a little bit later in the show. Uh, but let's start with a massive computer monitor. This is the Seiki Pro. Um, which is Seiki, for those people who maybe don't know, is a brand that first came into the U.S. selling TVs. Yep. Uh, the very first 4K display that we ever saw here was a 50-inch Seiki TV. I think I paid $1,500 for it from Tiger Direct. Where is it? We still got it? Yeah, it's actually it's, yeah. it's hooked up over there. Um, and it was our first uh, look at the 4K resolution. Mm-hmm. It was a 30 hertz display, so it wasn't fantastic for using on a computer. But like people who wanted to see 4K, this is the way you could do it. Um, so they brought 4K in at lower cost than we'd ever seen before. Now, what they wanted to do with Seiki Pro is kind of go after a little bit more of the high-end market. But because of the way the monitor market works, it's not really that expensive either. So the Seiki Pro, uh, what's the model number here? SM40UNP. SM40. Yep, they're also going to make, that is the largest that they're going to make of a line. That's a 40-inch monitor. Mm-hmm. And then the Seiki Pro line, I think they're going to have like... Like they have a 32 and a 28 as yeah, well. Yeah, those are going to be the other two. The 32 yep. is curved? Yeah. Okay. So this is a... one we're looking at here is the SM40 UMP. It's a 40-inch 4K display. And this is like one of the stock pictures. And you really don't get a sense of the size... No, you don't. ...of this machine. Um what are the what are kind of the quick specifications, the important specs that somebody needs to know about this before we go into what it looks like? Uh, well, I mean, the big one is you know four K sixty, sixty hertz. That's, that's good. That's that's on good. Display port, ports display only. Port ports of which there are two. Okay. Okay, so not you know I mean a lot of four K panels just have one of those. Mm-hmm. This has two. Uh, it also has a couple of HDMI inputs, although those are not HDMI two, so they cannot do four K sixty. They can do four K thirty. They can. Or they can do twenty five by fourteen sixty. Uh, yes. I think? Yes. I actually think there's a slightly higher resolution that they can still do at 60. At 60, okay. Um, but just not all the way to 4K. Okay. And speaking of that, when you are at lesser resolutions, the scaler, we noted in this panel as we were looking at it, doesn't give you that really kind of fuzzy, blurry effect that you get mm-hmm. when you use a lot of monitors that have, you know... Yeah, we panel. had some people ask in the comments, like, hey, uh, you know, I want to get this for productivity purposes, right. but I don't have the hardware to push 4K for, like, gaming. Mm-hmm. So could I run this at 25 by 14 or 19 by 10? What does it look like? Yeah, yeah. And you're I saying mean, it looks good. It, it, does, it does look good, very readable. You know, so even if you do text, text. Yeah, yeah. If you're just okay. doing text, it's still readable. Um, it might kind of mess with clear type if you have clear type enabled mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, it doesn't has to match the pixel perfectly right. for it to work properly. Um, but, you know, for all other, other situations, really good. Uh, heck, even I think we had uh, dual link DVI hooked up and we can go all the way up to like... Oh, it does have... So it does have dual link... It has yeah, does two, have dual link two display port, two HDMI 1.4, one of them supporting MHL, one DVI... Dual link. Dual link. 
digital only, obviously. Digital only, DVID. But it does have a VGA. Input. It does, and that went surprisingly high as well. And it looked 2048 by 1536 uh, at like 75 hertz or something. I don't remember. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't like that, but it looked like I thought I, I had reverted back to like some digital input when I did it. Yeah. Like it just, the auto calibration and whatever magic so it has it a doing. really awesome comb filter in it i don't know it just looked it just looked really <laughs> freaking good for for being a vga input i couldn't really believe it was vga on a, on a 40 inch panel and actually it looks so good. it's it's got a brightness listed at 350 nits contrast ratio 5000 to one uh, fairly high viewing angles this yep. is a super mva screen super mva which is not what is what is that it's uh, the long and short of it is uh you get good color reproduction unlike tn Okay. So it's more like IPS as far as its color reproduction goes. Right. Uh, but since it's kind of in between the both, right, the both of those panels, like TN panels don't give you the, uh, the yeah, IPS glow. It's kind of like glow. the EPS series. It's, it's not nearly as sharp, but it's a whole lot better than TN. Yeah, it's a whole lot better than TN, and the blacks are, like, really way deeper, noticeably deeper. Even than you would get on IPS? Even than IPS. Like, for IPS, well, yeah. especially in a 40-inch IPS panel, because when you look at IPS off-angle, like off of direct, you know, angle, like viewing the panel straight on. Right. Um, you get what's called IPS glow. In other words, dark, blackish kind of colors will tend to brighten up. Like you lose contrast, right? The colors still look good, mm-hmm. but just the blacks kind of come up a little bit. Mm. And this is a 40-inch panel. You don't want that happening because then you would be, you'd be looking at a black, you know, circle in the middle with lighter outside edges because i mean everything you know it's everything 40 inch diagonal right? things tend to be off angle when yeah you're looking yeah at you pretty much monitor. have to be off angle yeah. so this really even at the most extreme off angle like the blacks are still really deep and rich you don't know ips kind of That's glow good. effect yeah. at all really good for for size comparison i have this picture i brought up uh, on the second page of the review and the seiki monitors here on the left sitting on our floor <laughs> this monitor here that looks very small is actually a 32 inch Asus PQ321Q. This is like um, the first 60 hertz 4K display that we had in. Yeah. And that is a 32-inch monitor, a mm-hmm. very large monitor by most people's standards. Yep. And here, this is the 40-inch. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it. like it's like it's like going from I think I might have wrote this in the review. It's like going from a 24-inch to a 30-inch. That's kind of a big jump. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh wow, this is this is so huge. What's that? You gotta show the picture on the desk. Which one? Oh, this one. There is a picture of it yeah. sitting on the desk. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell from that picture just how massive. Is, the is thing there is, a though. Hitachi for scale? Uh, no, no. no there's that. an Allen for scale, there's, but you can't really tell. Me, there's is. a reflection of me for scale. We actually use that picture to show that the um, the the matte-ish kind of finish on the display is actually leans more towards glossy. Um, it's it's not su- so, yeah. It's not super glossy. It's, it's not, not super like, glossy. It's not a television. Like touchscreen displays are Correct. or anything like that. Correct. It, it's definitely muted, but it's not nearly as muted as we would yeah. like it to be. And and, and that and it actually it becomes a little bit worse on this display for what I was just explaining as a benefit is that when you do have black mm-hmm. represented on the screen, mm-hmm. it's so deep of a black that you end up seeing reflections. Sure. You know, more likely to see in that, right? I, um, this this is a very this is very this picture is very much a worst case scenario. Yes, I had a black background. Right? Like I if mean, you if you had if a normal picture, if you have a normal background, if you're yep. looking at a web page, like this is not going to be a, a and, problem. And also another factor is uh, how dimly lit is your room, right? right? If you're gaming on this or doing something, and if you like look that, at the surrounding area, we have a brightly yeah. lit. Well, I mean, we have fluorescent lights on overhead, even behind. Alan tries to work me. in the dark, and I turn come in and turn the yeah, lights. Yeah, he on. comes in and turns the lights on. Um, 
You yeah, see the so, back well, of it. You know, Alan is uh, surrounded by his fortress of McDonald's boxes. <laughs> I am. Cups, so I am. Yes, it blocks it the light. It takes a lot of the glow away. Yes, that's good. Hisses and stuff. It's a lot of firehouse now, though. Not just McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of firehouse. I'm trying to broaden He's my horizons. Uh, you can look at the back of it here. This is a 100 millimeter visa mount. So again, kind of try to see things in scale. Yes, kind of a small mount for such a large panel. It's but, heavy, heavy display too. Um, which it is. is it's interesting because the the stand here is tilt. Adjusting only? It is only tilt. There's no height adjustment. Correct. And um, you cannot rotate. And when we asked Siki about it, they basically said it was because it was so heavy. Yeah. They just, that's the way they went. The two you smaller have versions. have a pretty significant spring in there yeah. to be able to pop it up and down and yeah. balance yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you're gaming and it's slowly sinking on you. <laughs> <laughs> like our the, chairs that we use. Yeah. The, the two other Seiki Pro display models, the smaller ones, will have height adjust. Right. They, they've told us. Um, yeah, you can see here that we got the inputs lit shown. It's got a USB hub, of course, as yep. well. It has an audio. It is kind of interesting. It has an audio kind of a pass through, so you can hook up PC audio, even though you have audio over DisplayPort or HDMI mm-hmm. normally, and that that does come through this panel. And you can hook up. There's no built-in speakers, but there's a headphone jack, which you can go to headphones, headset, or you know, if you had just desktop speakers, you just plug them right into that instead of the back of your PC. And then okay. the other port right next to it is for you to kind of pass through your PC audio. So if you had other things that were trying to play out of a sound card or mm-hmm. just your integrated audio on the PC, maybe you had some other kind of input going on. I don't know. Gotcha. Uh, actually, speaking of inputs, kind of the reason they do that is that this panel can do all the way up to... It can do picture-in-picture, picture, and then it can go all the way up to 4x4 four four, or 2x2. Two like four four inputs. Uh, inputs simultaneously being displayed on the screen and just a quad setup. So now we've, what's interesting is we've seen this before. The, the PQ321 can do four inputs at 1080p. Yes. This, this one can go higher than that. This one, it, it does not... Uh, the devices don't change what they report as when you switch these modes. So if you're in 4K mm-hmm. on any of those inputs, they remain in 4K just scaled. So you can have a 4K input going to a to one quarter of the screen. Yeah, so it's only showing at 1080p. Probably not an ideal si- solution. Right. You're but putting a 4K image in a 20-inch screen. Yeah, I wouldn't want to re- try to read text <laughs> at that, right? Obviously, that'd be kind of hard. New. Um, but since the scaler is, like I said, good and doesn't really tend to blur things, it mm-hmm. tries to keep them sharp, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's reasonable. Um, yeah. And it's, I guess, just, I don't know. I think it's a little more convenient that you don't have to, like, you know, that the display, when you change a mode, all of a sudden it doesn't appear as if you're just unplugging and plugging in all sorts of different panels. One caveat, because this is, and I wrote this in the in the, the last page of the review, one idea we had for this was, if you look at this picture, yeah. is maybe you use the bottom two and create like an iFinity or surround configuration with the bottom two. So mm-hmm. you have like one, what would that be? That would be, you know, like 3840 4K, by like 1080. Yeah. 3840 by 1080. Yeah, 3840 by 1080. If you were doing on the bottom, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then have two like 1080p monitors above it connected mm-hmm. to the same PC or different PCs. Um, but um, neither mm-hmm. AMD Affinity or NVIDIA Surround really, uh, because the device reports as the same thing. Yeah, because each it reports time, as 4K. Well, it reports as 4K, so it's, it's trying to do that, but then like the device ID mm-hmm. is the same. Yeah. Neither of those really played nicely with right, it. Right, right. So. Basically, just Ifinity wanted to use native resolution. It was still reporting high right. native resolutions, right. and you know, right. it was a nice idea. I, uh, kind of. I, I actually have been talking with the Seiki people. Excuse me, uh, playing with the talking to Seiki people about uh, 
having it change or like making that work easier like through their firmware in the screens yeah like can we figure out a way to make to make this doable where maybe it reports as four different ones or you can set what you want it to report oh, as okay. report as a 1080p yeah with a with, with like um um 40 mnp dash four or whatever right, right? right, like right. give it a unique id when it's when it's in that mode or something like that so that you could you could give that a shot because i think that's interesting because now you, you know, to display Ifinity or surround is dumb because you have that bezel in the middle. Yeah. But in this scenario, you have no bezel. Yeah, it would just be one wide You would actually screen. see the curse. Like, if you're playing a first-person shooter, yeah. that cursor would just be in the middle, and it might work. And, the, and, then you could, and then the other cool thing you could have is, you know, just your other couple of screens with, you know, whatever Chat going windows on. or Chat browsers windows, yeah. or whatever, yeah. So, so what, what you would normally have as a gamer with a really decked-out setup with a bunch of panels, you can kind of all squeeze into just one panel. Yep, one giant just panel. Just one giant panel. Right? Viewing angles were good. We've got pictures of those on the site, too. You can see straight on, over the shoulder, 45-degree, angled up, down. Yeah. Pretty I mean, happy with that. They, they look good. Um, the display, this display really, really shines when you calibrate it because then you get to see those really deep colors even that even better right, right? Uh, because the out of the box calibration is i wouldn't consider it the best they don't they don't advertise this as a calibrated monitor mm-hmm. so i would say that the calibration is kind of typical for a monitor that is not calibrated we're heavy with the overdrive ghosting stuff uh yeah with one caveat uh the adjustment in the firm in the on-screen display doesn't seem to do anything sure um, but the default was off and even with it set to off like the overdrive was functioning exactly how I would expect it to, and we actually used the uh, FreeSync, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the FreeSync demo. Even though this is not a FreeSync panel, but uh, it, it comes as it, it's proven itself as kind of a handy, uh, you know, ghosting overdrive kind of test because it's a dark background and this bright white and red windmill blade yep. moving across it. And uh, yeah, I mean, really, almost, almost not a, not even a hint. You can just see the faintest. Yeah, you have to really look, it. and it's like only in the, the reds, I believe, is where it left a little bit of a trace. So really, really hard to tell any kind of ghosting. So that was good. That's good. Um, didn't do any of the... Um, uh, trying to think of uh, what the name of that other artifact was. The TCON-related, like, yeah. kind of funky rainbow pattern overdrive thing. If you have... You know, some games do this, and some gamers really drives them crazy. So it's at least worth mentioning it. It didn't do any kind of funky overdrive-related issues, so it was it was good there. So after um, calibration, yeah, the out-of-the-box calibration, great. it's initially it looks really bad. Like when you first turn it on, it looks like, you know, those people that put the crazy headlights on their car that look like that's obviously not daylight. Like it's to the point where there's a blue shift. Right. Right. That's because the out-of-the-box setting is eleven. Was 11k. K, Kelvin. Yeah. So, and that's not like 11,000 K. 11,000. 11, 11, oh, it is 11,000. It is 11,000. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. not used to going past 9,000. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why that's even a number and for this to have in the first place as an option. But anyway, so you said 6,500. We went through our color calibra- calibration. Yep. Um, you know, we used a Spider 4, went through the whole thing, and it calibrated right to, you know, within, within very, very close tolerance of perfect. Um, on all colors, which and then that's uh, yeah, right there. You just had it. This one um, down here. Yeah, that, that, this is the after. Yeah, that's the after. Um, so again, as long as you have a good profile, which you actually provided in the review, uh, it's the first for us. Figured, well, what the heck? If someone else buys this, they don't have uh, color calibration stuff. We can at least get you close with the profile and with the numbers that we provided. Um, similar to what TFT Central does with their database, they've got. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's that, and uh, I mean, it's 
It's really good for productivity. I've been using it to do writing and stuff mm-hmm. from here. It's just popped on my desk and um, yeah. So uh, from a gaming side of things, I'll just say real quick, it, it, it's great. Right? Yeah, I, I think from a productivity side, this is interesting for 4K because it's big enough that the pixels are large enough that you can use it without having to use Windows yes, scaling. Yes, I'm using it daily, 100%. 100% scaling. Yep. Whereas with the, even with the 32-inch, it was harder to do at 100%. It was hard, yeah. And lo- you know a lot of people go up to 125 with that, right? Right. I mean, it, it's a real issue that w- Windows needs to solve because like, even with this 1080p display on this Dell XPS 13, I tend to use 150% <laughs> instead of... Instead of not right, um, gaming wise, excuse us, Josh. You're uh, not not muted there. Not I I was not muted. I apologize profusely. <laughs> that's disgusting. Well, you should apologize for not doing it as a chipmunk. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm through now. Okay, and okay. so is my career. Well, that, <laughs> the, mute, the mute button did not work. Whatever you pushed. Anyway, yeah. So for gaming, I'm I'm kind of spoiled personally for gaming because I've been gaming at 144 hertz panels right. recently. This is a 60 hertz non-variable refresh display, yeah. so there's there's some limitations there. But but the like, size ha- of it, it just makes it like it's, it's like there's not a bezel, right? Like if you're sitting so far if you're out. sitting <laughs> at a typical distance from this panel and you're looking straight ahead, like the bezel is just so far out of your periphery that it's really like. Yep, it might as well not be there. It's like you're basically just it's, looking through the screen as if it was like a window in front of you into the game, pretty much. That's wow, that's kind of my like trippy man. No, I mean that's that's, like that's, a that's really is because usually because usually there's stuff you know in the way, right? If you're doing affinity stuff, there's a bezel yeah, in the middle. Yeah. If you're doing like you know, or, or there's bezels within your kind of field of view, that's right? This this true. is this is big enough to the point where th- that's not the case anymore, right? Right. So it's kind of crosses this threshold of like this is oh, a wow, this is a thousand dollars. It's nine ninety nine. Yep. Um, so it's expensive. Uh, it's less than the PQ three two one still, um, but you can get you can get four K monitors for way less, but they tend to be TN. Right. Uh, maybe you know what was you list a couple of other ones here. Um, you can get a twenty eight inch IPS four K for like, like eight hundred bucks. bucks. I think. Yeah. 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 But uh, so basically, the the point where you had higher grade glass, like or IPS glass, or maybe maybe more color accurate, or maybe maybe um, fuller gamut of colors. Right. This is one hundred percent. SRGB gamut, not like, you know, H or not like uh, HDR style right. color gamuts, and like you know Adobe RGB or anything like that. It doesn't do that. Um, so there are panels that will do that, but the catch is that they're smaller, and you know they might be a little bit cheaper. But every it, a lot of those comparisons really came down to, but it's not a forty-inch panel, right? Right. It's just like it's if you're looking for just enormous panel, then this is really. That's real. I don't think there's another option right now that's even practical. Uh, I think somebody inch. linked in the comments there's like a Philips 40 inch or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was a 40 inch. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's, and then there's, there's the Korean version of this. There is a Korean one that looks like it has. For $5.99, I think. Uh, it's, it was like $5.99 or. S- it, it was around that, but uh, I was kind of skimming the internet for some uh, perspective on that thing, and it's like it's a gloss screen. Yeah, it's like a like a mirror gloss screen, like a television. It's spot. also almost half the price. It is almost half the price. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Korea will send us one. Maybe, <laughs> since it's a Korean monitor. Send Alan that's just there. what we call it, right? I, I might just, be I might be going there soon. I might just come back with one. Uh, it won't fit. I'll, I'll stick it in my suitcase. Um, for those of you that are interested, we are running a contest on this uh, where you can. We're Seiki is actually giving us two of these monitors to give away. Yeah, sweet. 
Um, one on my desk and one on Ryan's desk. That's, that's how it's going to work out. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. Both the winners oh, were in Florence, Kentucky. I bet you Affinity Works got two of them. That's made, right. Yeah, that, yeah. that John Williams from Laramie, Wyoming is, is sure to be a William winner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you go to PCPer.com, look on uh, the homepage. There should be a listing for Seiki and PC Perspective for giving away a pair of SM40 UMP 40 inch 4K 60 hertz monitors. <gasps> Take a breath. Um, and there's one a to each here. of two people. We're not giving both to the same person. Correct. Boo. Um, but you get <laughs> lots of ways to enter. You can answer. You can uh, uh, enter one or none of those. Well. You should definitely enter at least one. You can enter in one or all of those ways. Yeah. One of these your is chances, like your chances you just go come up. back every day. We've got uh, nine more days. So uh, huge thanks out to Seiki for that. And uh, we'll maybe uh, – no, it won't be next podcast. It'll be the podcast after that. We'll tell you who won. Yep. Um, let me – I'm going to bring up something real quick, Ken, before you switch over there. We're going to talk now about the Asus Z97 Pro Gamer motherboard um this was a review posted by maury just a couple days ago and if you look at it the first thing you notice about this motherboard is it's not obnoxious i like it it is a muted it's it's msi colors oh man ace is gonna be so pissed yeah it is it is black and red but it's it's not everything is red. Well, I mean, like the ROG style coloring is black and red, right? Yeah, they have been yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but, it, it, but that's not an ROG board. It is not. It says gamer, but it's not annoying. What? what? That, that, that's, that's true. That, that's how not, can you do that? That's not how these products work. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, do you happen to know? I asked Maury for kind of like a quick synopsis in the hip chat there about what he kind of his summary was of this board. Um, do you have access to that? Because I didn't want to switch over. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mori liked the board. I mean, sort of like we said, it's definitely aimed at the gaming community, but at the same time doesn't have the glaring color schemes we've got used to or at least put up with. Uh, it's got a nice mix, as you can see there. It's not only does it have PCIe slots, it does have old legacy PCI slots what? for if you've got an old sound card. I, I guess? Like, I got an I, awesome I, RAID card that I'm just unwilling to... It's an, part with. It's IDE rate card, though. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, it's ISA, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a really old one. But, hey, it, it could be handy. Nice thing is it does have M.2. It doesn't have U.2, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but yep. it is nice to have M.2. Four SATA ports, one SEX port, uh, so you've got lots of storage capabilities going on there. And one of the nice things is, even though it's not an ROG board, it's got the same VRM stuff that you see on those really high-end boards. Jeremy, could you could you tell me what a sex port is again, please? Yes. Set please. Express. Okay, thank is you. That, is that what you call I'm that a word? i turn this into a thing. I, okay. I refuse to give up. It's not, it's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come on. I like it. No, I'm fine with that. I, it's got some really nice sound on it. Uh, you can sort of see uh, a little bit up. It's got a nice shielded uh, sound on board. The one thing that it doesn't have is a lot of the onboard buttons that you sort of get used to for yeah. various levels of overclocking automatically, uh, an immediate bias flashback. Ooh, but on the other hand, it's kind of nice in that if you're gaming, you've probably done all of that work, and now you don't want to screw around with it. You're not opening up the case to push a button to try and get a little bit more performance. You've pushed it as, as far as it's going to go. Gotcha. And the other nice thing about that is that it's brought the price down a wee bit, especially when you compare it to some of the ROG flagship boards that we've been seeing, oh, yeah. which sell for $400 at a discount. 
So, you know, overall, it's a pretty nice board, uh, and it's going to save you a little bit of money if you're not too into a lot of the extra features that uh, motherboard manufacturers have had to sort of add on to stand out in the market now that, you know, we've lost the South Bridge and the North Bridge, and it's kind of hard to make your motherboard special. Uh, just quickly looking to see if he gave us a price for it, because uh, I did not look it up. Yeah, yeah so Newegg uh, currently had it for 150 bucks after a $20 mail-in rebate. Mm. So significantly cheaper than a lot of the Z97 boards that you're going to see. Yeah. Uh, it's a really nice product, and it's got all the features that you actually want, and a lot of the ones that you probably, honestly, you're never going to use, much like the Steam library you've built up by now. I agree. I, I think this is the this is the kind of motherboard that when people come to me and say, "Hey, what should, I'm going to build a system. What should I use?" This is more than likely what I'm going to say. Yep. Not the $350 MSI or ASUS or Gigabyte flagship products because I mean, some people look at this man. It's got PCI slots. Why would I want that board? But you put a graphics card in, you're covering up the first PCI slot yep. already. And but there's you, one thing you're not covering up. The, the CMOS, uh, CMOS battery. battery. Uh, As yes. you can see, it is perfectly accessible, even with two graphics cards in there. Yep. And if you install a second video card, you're covering up that other PCI slot. So if you can't run SLI and your ISA RAID or your your IDE RAID card, mm-hmm. sorry, Josh. Darn. Yeah. It was worth a shot, though. Uh, yeah, I, I still yeah. still wish I had my Sound Blaster uh, 64, which is ISA, but I don't. 64 voices. I still got one. I bet I have one in my closet that I need to clean out before my baby is born. Although I'm still using the Zona mm. D1 for my sound card. Oh, start the kid out early. You know, this is this was what technology was like back when I was your age. <laughs> you get that corner. All of the old computer stuff gets this corner, and also that corner. And yeah, that and corner. I, I, and I, I do shelves. hate to you know jump in here and say this, <clears throat> Please. but uh, last year MSI did release their their gaming, which is kind of in the same thing. It's cheaper. They cut some corners, but they still gave you what they said was good audio, plus like you know the killer Ethernet mm-hmm. and yeah. some other you know nice, nice, nice words in there that uh, nice they may words? or may not actually you know translate contribute performance. positively. Oh, I to see performance. Yep. But yeah, I mean, they, it's, it seems like this is a direct response to that, and it's one that people really want. I mean, it's like, why do I want a $350 board that has everything but the kitchen sink when all I need is this? But I still want it to be high quality. I don't want to be just, you know, kind of crap, um, you know, real tech with no, you know, kind of software over the yep. audio that, that gives me more control. It's nice to have amps. All these little extras that don't cost a huge amount, but we haven't really seen. So it's it's nice that Asus is jumping on board. I agree. And the thing is, is I'm sure there is a non – there's a Z97 board from Asus that is this price point that is – White and or what did they do? The white, black. It was the black and gold yeah. for the, for the Z ninety seven. That's almost identical to this, and they're just they want to make sure they have that product for that person who 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 thinks that the gamer stuff matters, and they want to make sure that they're that they're covering all their bases. So it looks like a good, a solid product. So one hundred fifty dollars is something we can we can generally recommend. Um, Josh, you did Me. a yeah you yeah yeah you did an interview. I did with. Uh, Paul Coleman is Paul his name. Coleman. This yeah. uh, fancy lad right here in his racing suit. Yes. Uh, he, he actually is a co-driver in, in a rally car. Oh. So okay. he, uh, he's been working at uh, Codemasters for quite a few years. And uh, he's, he's, I think, what, the lead game developer uh, for Dirt Rally. 
if you actually have played the game and you have a co-driver, his voice is the actual sound that, <laughs> that you're hearing. He's the nice. guy that's that's saying, you know, right six, 180, goes into hairpin left. And then I know, go, you, what does that mean? I mean, if you're going to have what, someone say it. What it, does that mean? It might, it might as well be like one of the guys that actually well, says I, it for yeah. a living, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so, I mean, he does it smooth and he does it calmly. And even though you're... You're you're screaming with your hair on fire around a corner. He he says it in a nice enough way that you kind of calm down and let off the accelerator. All right. So what did you learn in this here interview? All kinds of stuff. We talked about uh, DirectX 12 support, what they're thinking about doing there, Uh, physics, uh, multi-core, VR, uh, rendering, GPGPU. I mean, all kinds of really fun and interesting things. I mean, this wasn't just like tell me about your game. Well, you you take a car and you race around corners really fast. <laughs> That's fantastic. Outstanding. That sounds hysterical. No, we, we actually go into some of the nuts and bolts of uh, of the game and uh, where they've they've gone with it, uh, the technology that they've implemented. Um, <clears throat> it uh, was actually you know kind of interesting, especially you know one thing that I've been harping on for a while is is I've played multiple racing games on and I'm I'm okay. I'm an okay driver. But then I, I know somebody who just picks up a game, and they're like, yeah, I, I'm beating you by 10 seconds. Like, what are you using? Well, I'm just using a gamepad from an Xbox. And so I asked him, it's like, do you handicap, uh, you know, wheel guys, or do you give advantages to the people using handhelds or, or keyboards? And he's like, yeah, we have to. Because, I mean, the range of motion uh, of, of just, you know, one of the little finger things as compared to a 900-degree wheel... I mean, is is just massive, and so people with like keyboards and and just the game pads would be entirely too frustrated. So they keep a, a software layer in between <laughs> that controller, dang mosquitoes, and uh, the game, so that it makes it easier for you to actually race. Which excuses, excuses. Yes, yes, yes. But he said the only direct input device is actually a wheel and pedals. So keep that in mind. When you get beat by somebody, you say that damn guy is using, using the best control. tool for the job. He's cheating. <laughs> All right. So, so what else did you learn? Oh, jeez. Give me, give uh, me, give me, give me one more thing that somebody needs to know about from this interview, and then tell them to go read the rest of the interview. Okay. Let's let's uh, let's What's see a neat here. Got to You got to pick one. Okay. Uh, we talked about <clears throat> uh, what exactly. The ego engine is, and uh, there's been a lot of talk about three, three point five, four point oh, F one twenty fifteen. Supposedly the first ego four point uh, based game out there. However, he said that internally the engine is just iterated, you know, year after year, product after product. And at the moment, certainly Dirt Rally is is the most advanced ego based engine out. Now it's also used in Arma, I believe. So. They add all kinds of effects. Uh, they already support, I think, up to eight threads in uh, in CPU, so it can balance out a lot of stuff there. Uh, the, fit, the they don't use a middleware physics, and what's kind of interesting is they actually uh, developed a GP GPU. Um, dang mosquitoes! It's that time of year. I got it. Uh, a GP GPU type helper for particle effects. Hmm. So whether using NVIDIA or AMD, 
it actually leverages the power of GPGPU to do accurate particles. So when like snow's falling and it hits the ground, it it hits the bounding box and it then melts. Uh, also, same thing with sand and rocks is when they get scattered when you're going into a corner, it'll actually hit the ground and bounce. It's just not a visual effect. So uh, there's some, some really neat things that they're doing and uh, pushing rendering and that kind of technology ahead with Dirt Rally. Cool. Uh, that did This interview did just go up today, so if you guys want to check out the rest of it, there's what other there's there's more interesting stuff in here as well mm-hmm. uh, they talk about uh, a hybrid renderer that they were using um, for the game engine they talk about you like you said they talk about what their maybe their plans are for directx 12 um, so definitely worth checking out we're trying to do more of this type of stuff uh, we've got the Witcher three guys kind of promising to do something like this as well so that should be neat um, thanks Josh for doing that that was good stuff hey thank you hey thank you hey you provide the platform for my brilliance. Went too far. Okay, uh, yeah. so let's move on to news items for this week. We'll run through these relatively quickly. AMD Radeon 300 series pricing details may be leaking out. It seems like everything from the R9 300 series has been leaking out. So um, this would be uh, everything except Fiji apparently is listed on this on this list. So uh, accor- according to this list from WCCF Tech, take it for what you will, um, the rebranded Hawaii XT, uh, they say enhanced. We'll see how enhanced it is. Uh, would be three eighty nine. Now that's more than a two ninety X today, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the the, the current more. theory is it's actually a respun chip. Mm-hmm. So we're looking potentially at one of two things. One, it's just going to be a lot more power efficient. Plus, come at eight gigs per card standard, or they may have actually updated it to from from uh, GCN 1.1 to 1.2. That's less likely, but still, I think at the very least, we're looking at a respun chip and double the memory. Double the memory, eight gigabytes of memory apparently on here. There's a 398 gigabyte card, enhanced Hawaii Pro 329, um, and then like the R9 380, which would be Tonga Pro down to 235. Uh, where, where I mean, that's not that much less than what a 285 is today either. Yeah, it's um, 219 I think for most 285 pros, but again this uh the 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 mm. 380 is a 4 gig card rather than a 2, gotcha. two gig. Right. Yeah. So uh, not much I mean again this is all just rumors and speculation, but if this turns out to be fairly accurate, uh I don't see a whole lot of excitement here, right? Um Unless the enhancements to Hawaii are more impressive than than we know, and if this Tonga XT part that is listed as not confirmed um, actually ships with you know some improved performance and memory capability and, mm-hmm. and that stuff, right? The rumors are that it will have a 384 bit memory bus instead of 256. That's why you have three gigs and six gigs of memory instead of two and four, uh, and you know, 2048 shaders, right. and if you're running those at, at 1,050 megahertz, which the chip can easily do, then you're looking at a pretty good performance part that's going to spank around the, uh, what is it, the uh, 960 is kind of that yeah. mid-range part. Yeah. So it would be a nice product in between a 960 and a 970. And then along with that leak comes another leak uh, from XFX's website where if you went to the R9 290X 
double dissipation product page and scroll down and kind of look through the pictures of that card. You saw some pictures of the card, but then you also saw this picture as well, which is not uh, it, it's a box art that shows an R9-390X with 8 gigs of memory um, and kind of some you know new logos and branding for XFX, I guess. Uh, the insinuation here being that because it was listed along with the 290X page, mm-hmm. that it was essentially a rebrand of the 290X in that way. Also, because it lists 8 gigs, unless something super impressive changes with AMD's HBM implementation, this clearly the 390X is not Fiji. Right. Or Fiji X or whatever they're they're calling it now, and I don't think we had a we didn't do a news post on it, uh, but there was a picture that went around today or yesterday on an AMD web page that lists it was on their AMD like graphics card page and it said learn about the AMD Radeon Fury X, <laughs> right? So we've pretty much confirmed what the branding is going to be for Fiji, which now explains why the 390X is still the 290X. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to go with kind of like the Titan X style branding for Fiji and call it Fury X, which is furious. more furious or too furious, too f- X-ish. <laughs> I don't know. It, too Fiji, too furious. Too Fiji, too furious. Yeah. Yeah. So right. like, we should work in their marketing team, clearly. I, I, yeah. And then they have a furry edition as well. <laughs> it's yep. two R's. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the new XFX card, the double R. <laughs> Instead of double D, it's double yeah. R. Yeah. Our and heat dissipation is really bad because we insulate it in a really terrible costume. <laughs> it's got like a little tail coming out the back of the box. <laughs> Two tails. <laughs> Two tails. Sonic edition. Um, so plan on learning more about all of this on Tuesday, June 16th at the uh, AMD's uh, PC Gaming Show. I'm sorry. It's the PC Gamer PC Gaming Show presented by AMD. Mm-hmm. PC Gamer's PC Gaming Show. PC's Perspective presents the PC Perspective podcast presented by PC Perspective. Yes. Sponsored by. And that's why you're not allowed to attend. That's true. Very true. Mm. Uh, A leak about an NVIDIA VR headset. I don't know if anybody saw anything interesting in this. This is uh, like hypothetical patented device that looks like that, which is just a fantastic drawing of what a VR headset is. That's actually Josh that modeled for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You can tell by the smooth, smooth, well-rounded head. And the single point of contact. Uh, it, it, also has, it also has a strap. That also makes me think of Josh. Um, oh, God. <laughs> um, so this is interesting. Usage of these cameras. There, there's a lot of cameras on here in terms of uh, left look aside, right look aside, right front look, left front look, look down cameras as well. So it's not just like one camera or some fisheye, something or other. Looking around, it supposedly had six cameras on it. So now the rumors are spinning that this is NVIDIA uh, developing their own head-mounted display as opposed to just depending on Oculus and Valve. Um, I don't think a patent application necessarily means... The joke's on you. It's for doing a 3D selfie so that you can actually pan around the area that you're in when you take the selfie. That's why the cameras are everywhere. You'd get literally everything but self. It's true. Well, no, there's inward pointing cameras. Oh, they, okay. they say they're okay. for the eyes, but actually it's, it's just oh, to take a picture okay. of your face. Yeah, yeah. This, this device will have its own CPU, memory, network adapter, and parallel processing subsystem. Uh, and then the source of the leak, VR Focus, believes that it will be based on Tegra X1 and that it was supposed to be revealed three months ago at GDC. So mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what that means. Hmm. Um, but uh, 
Well, creating a headbound display and VR is is not simple, as we have seen. I mean, Carmack spent some significant amount of time uh, while at uh, ID. Yeah. ID. 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 I can't. ID. It's ID. <clears throat> and then the Oculus guys have come around, and we've seen two generations from them in the past three years. Um, it sounds like the cameras are, are there definitely for um, you know figuring out head movement. And uh, you know, as much as Nvidia has talked about the Tegra series and their and their auto with multiple cameras around and being able to you know distinguish uh, you know parked cars, pedestrians, self-driving stuff, mm-hmm. it seems like that they're then applying uh, some of the software stack and uh, and the work into getting a, a much more accurate because if if you've watched the Oculus stuff. You know they've they've had all the dots on there in a certain pattern. More dots, and yeah, and then when you turn your head, it it you know tracks it more accurately. Well, Nvidia is doing this with it looks like multiple cameras, and uh, and their uh, their hardware is trying to make head position more accurate this way. I don't know. The the other thing that uh, I think we ended this post on uh, that Scott wrote up was. That it might happen at E3, and I can tell you for sure it's not going to happen at E3. They're, they haven't set up meetings for it. They haven't. They don't have a keynote. They don't have anything like that. It's yep. This may be something that we never actually see. But it was interesting to look at, nonetheless. Uh, Josh, anything interesting on the AMD Carrizo SKUs that were announced? Not a darn thing. Okay. No, they've got an FX version that's uh, pretty quick, apparently. Uh, but again, these are our low TDB parts that. Uh, you know that they, they're not going to blow your hair back at all, but they're pretty good for the power. For you especially, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to blow back eighth-inch hair, mm-hmm. but you can try. I, I will um, not. But yeah, we we finally have uh, the first three or four SKUs. Uh, they've got a bunch of others that are that are listed there. Yep. Um, it's. I mean, we learned quite a bit about Carrizo when when uh, they released it. They finally released this, you know, the speeds and feeds. Um, you know, it, it boosts up pretty nicely, but I don't think it's going to stay there that long. Uh, Carrizo was was you know designed from the get go to be very very efficient, and you can't run these parts at high clock speeds for an extended period of time, just because it it gets too hot, starts mm. pulling too much power, and uh, it just isn't designed to, to be able to do that in the process technology and the decisions they made. So uh, it's it's going to be you know a decently fast mobile part, and uh, they put a lot of thought, time, work into it. I think it's going to be competitive in the market for when it is released at that TDP. But until we get review samples, time will tell. Indeed. Um- I also like the fact that it gave uh, an idea of the hybrid crossfire. So if you're looking at low-cost systems, save that little table that uh, Scott put up there because those are the graphics cards that will actually work with the APU. Anything more and you might be wasting your money. Oh, I wouldn't say might be. <laughs> well, unless you go crazy on a GPU, in which case you'll be better off. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the higher-end discrete, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But mm-hmm. for low-cost systems, that will be a, f- a friend of yours for a while. Alan, tell me about you 2 How much do you like Bono? It's a, it's a nice band. Yeah. Uh, I used to listen to. And you have time. to sing the title of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Anyway. So what is what is U two for dot storage? Two. Oh, you I'm sorry. Say, you have to say it correctly first of all. U dot two. No, just just U like dot two. just like M dot two. Right. Right. Uh, so that is now what you will call the small form factor eighty six thirty nine thing. That is what the that two and a half inch drive that the SSD seven fifty from Intel came out in mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the funky cable and it was yep. all you know kind of convoluted adapting you had to do to get it to an M.2 port so you can Wish plug it in. Wish they'd figured this out before the 750 launched. Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't really their fault. Like, No. Yeah, I mean, they were talking about it. and they I, were, I didn't mean they as in Intel. I meant yeah, they I mean, as in the, the royal people, they. Yeah, the people, that, uh, the people in charge of naming these things. Uh, especially since when all was said and done, they just came out with like a different letter in front of the dot two thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that's just not like, in. Just can pick, we call it in dot two? No, pick that would be hard. Just a room full of people for a couple oh, of years two? going, how oh, about B? No, 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 we no, can't no, use can't B. Use B. That's been used. Um, yeah, so uh, that's what you call this SFF8639 character go, style. I'm now. never going to say SFF8639 again. Shouldn't have to. Now it's just U.2. Perfect. And that, there and that also come in handy for, you know, enterprise sector and stuff as well because they are also, uh, you know, adopting this two and a half inch form factor. It's previously been you adopted. You can say now they're adopting U.2. Well, it's previously been adopted like that same physical form factor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is handy for other things too, right? Like without all of the extra pins on the backside of the connector. There's forty extra pins on the on the side that you don't usually see. That's right. kind of tucked up against the device, right? Without those there, it's basically a dual-channel SAS connector. Right. Right? And then without the extra seven pins in the middle of those two connectors that are left over, it's basically a SATA connector, right? So they basically just been, they keep adding stuff to it. And then the end result was that 8639 number that they now have renamed. So we still D.2. don't have a good name for the other end on that M.2 add-in card, do we? Uh, that's actually mini SAS HD. Oh, okay. Technically, although they're not really using, they're not using it SAS. for SAS, they're right. using. They're, I don't care. They're it, passing pieces over it. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, that's kind of confusing too. Hey, we know we'll talk about that next week when the storage committee comes up with another. Yeah, nomenclature. yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I'm hoping. In the name of SSF eighty six thirty nine once more in the name of the SFF eighty six thirty nine. I'm sorry, it wasn't much of a Bono. No, impression. no, that was not Bono. <laughs> well, I thought it was that uh, religious pastor that was trying to invite. Yeah, I thought uh, you were giving us that. a sermon. That's what I think. In the name in of the SFF eighty six thirty nine, I grace thee. You dot two, and now forever thou shalt be known. And now I can put the helium down. I'm not dead yet. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeremy, tell me about the uh, Cooler Master Make It Yours case. Well, this is. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, I mean, the pictures don't really show it because the idea of it is you can take this thing apart and decide what you want to do with it. Uh, every single bit about this thing comes out. You can rip out the three and a half inch drives. Uh, if you look down at the bottom uh, of the the flat plane that uh, separates the PSU from the motherboard, there's actually two and a half inch connectors on there, which again, can be totally popped off if you don't want them to be there. Mm. But they've gone with three different models, uh, all under the Mastercase uh, brand. This top one that you're looking at is the the basic Mastercase, uh, and it's a little bit smaller. It's got two handles on it, so it's not 
so much because it's a land box. It's because you're probably going to mod this and make it very pretty and haul it around to a lot of places. Having yes, that's exactly what I will do. Makes a bit of sense. You scroll down a bit and you get the the more impressive master case five, which at the very top, obviously they they put some fans in there, but it's a perfect place to stick a radiator, and it also gets the radiator completely out of the case. Pete, as Josh, I'm sure will explain to you, tends to travel in an upwards direction, so mm-hmm. it's a perfect place to stick it. The filters is just on the the previous one, slide out sideways, so you won't have to lift your case up to get the filters out again. And they're also going to be selling, although they haven't defined exactly what they are, different style meshes and tops that you can install on it. So you can sort of take it apart, make it your own. And then the final one, uh, which they didn't really have a show or a very good picture of, is the Maker 5. So Maker 5 looks similar to uh, the one that you just looked at, except the top is completely solid, but it's also solid in a way that you could probably dremel it to pieces and just sort of play with it in your own way. Hmm. And I think that part of the reason they haven't, they didn't really have some great pictures about it, they had some mock-ups, is that's the one that's sort of designed where here's a basic case, everything can come off of it easily, so, and, and everything's interchangeable. So if you want to build your own stuff, uh, because you've got a CNC machine and you're really lucky, or you've got a 3D printer, it's actually pretty easy to design pieces which are just going to snap on and off. It's... It's an interesting way to get people interested in doing it without having to completely tear apart a machine and put it back together, like our good friend Maury just absolutely loves to do, and a lot of the other uh, modders that you see do. In this case, it's you, you could actually probably find, once this gets sold, uh, parts stores that are selling pieces that will be able to go on it, and you can mix and match and make it look all your, in a completely unique way for yourself. Or, like I say, if you've got the tools, you can build them and it's going to snap on and off. You're not going to be dealing with you know aluminum dust because you've been drilling holes. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how well this sells um, and if it is something that actually attracts you know a mid-level modder as opposed to the hardcore ones. It's just you know someone who has played around a little bit and said, you know, this could be fun, but it seems like a lot of effort. It seems like I've got to invest a lot of money into tools to be able to do this. I, in this case, maybe you'll be able to set something up for a, a relatively good price that's still going to look, you know, personalized to you. Hmm. Cool. In other case news, com- uh, one of our remaining Computex stories is, uh, as Tim wrote up, the Fractal Design launched a Mini ITX Node 202, which looks like this. This is a... Um, uh, stereo component. Yeah, like a home theater PC. And it, you know what? I looked at this picture and I got confused for a second because the rendered surface that it is on is so incredibly fakely mirrored <laughs> that I thought, wow, they like they doubled up the connectors down here. And nope. oh wait, no, no, that's supposed to be the surface of a table or mm-hmm. something. Um, so this is a mini ITX case, so it shouldn't be huge. Right, they're they're measuring at ten point two liters, which helps me not at all. Uh, also, it's smaller than a ten gallon hat. <laughs> oh, great! Uh, no, it's slightly bigger than ten. Right? No, yeah, no, no. Smaller. smaller liters, or yeah, yeah. Uh, it measures three seventy seven mil by eighty eight by three thirty two mil. <sighs> so you're thinking SFX PSU? Put that stuff uh, in English. That's about the full length of it. Hang on, <laughs> no, I'll ask Count later. Um, 
So uh, oh, yeah, it combinates SFX power supplies, mini ITX motherboards, and a dedicated graphics card. And this is what the inside looks like. So you can see here clearly, like this is where your uh, motherboard shall sit. And you have a riser, and then you have your graphics card shall sit here. Thou no, shalt. Do that. Thou shalt put that there. Uh, the power supply list, Node 202, will have an MSRP of 79 bucks. And uh, with the bundled PSU, one thirty nine ninety nine. Do they mention it is a four hundred fifty watt SFX? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Which yeah, you'll probably good. find for about fifty bucks or maybe more. So, yeah, that's, that's, get it with a PSU. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. It's not all. I mean, it, it doesn't look particularly compelling to me. Like nothing stands out, but it looks okay. Exactly. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Probably right. At least it's not no crab style, whatever. It's a bulldog. It's not a bulldog. Bulldog. It's not a bulldog. Case. Um, did we talk about this last week? No. We nope. didn't? You talked about it on Twitch. Oh, okay. Uh, the Valve Steam Controller pre-order is up. Um, that is... It has changed so drastically from yeah. from where we were at Yeah, there's before. a cross on the other side. <laughs> it's like a fake digital thumb pad. Like a D-pad, right? Um... So the the Steam that sounds like an insult to somebody. <laughs> like you're a fake D-pad. D-pad. You're a D-pad. You're not even a real D-pad. You're a fake digital D-pad. Uh, this the Steam controller is fifty bucks. Uh, it will ship in limited quantities on October sixteenth if you pre-order in advance of their actual launch, which is a stupid way of wording things because it's launching on the sixteenth now. Like okay. that's what that means. Yeah. But then it will go widely on sale on November tenth. And from the sounds of it, on the 16th, you're going to have to pick it up from uh, GameStop or EB Games. It's it's kind of weird. Well, I'm sure they'll still sell it on the Steam store, right? Or you think... Uh, no. It, it Scott was playing. It redirects you. No. Uh, GameStop? It, yeah, I, I pre-ordered it. It redirected it. him No, no, no. I pre-ordered uh, it on Steam. EB Maybe Games. Maybe just in Canada? Hmm. I don't know. No. Americans get to GameStop when no. you pre-order it. No. no. Ryan, Ryan pre-ordered one. I pre-ordered... Okay. I'm just reading and what he did. I didn't see, bother see, to see, even see. try. Pre-order. Click, Click the button. to cart. Yeah, purchase for myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's let me do all that. And then Ryan accidentally the Steam machines. Then, uh, you now the Steam... Password and plain text there. The Steam... The Steam machines, <laughs> you have to go to EB Games. Correct. But not for the controller and not for the link, which is uh, the, like, little $50 streaming box that yeah. you put on your... You know, put next to your TV oh, and yeah. it connects to your network through either either 802.11 AC or gigabit or oh, 100 megabit, 100 megabit, 100 megabit internet, or net internet. It 100 need, megabit networking. Because it, it doesn't need, need gigabit for that. It's really doing one thing. It's streaming 1080p video. You know, across your network. Um, I, I pre-ordered this. If it's something that's been developed for a long time, this controller, I'm eager to try it. See how it works. Um, uh, but the link, you can actually use an Xbox One controller, Xbox 360 controller, PS4 yeah. controller. So it has a whole lot of different support in there. Uh, here's what here's a here's a better picture. And it'll it help like. you beat Josh at Dirt Rally because it does Easily. have a thumbstick too. Yeah, that's true. This is new. Like when I when I when we first used it, it was like this circle. It was the, where was this? At? This is CS like two years yeah. ago. Uh, you basically just had these two circle pads, and that was it. And then this in the middle was like a touchpad as well with like multiple squares and stuff. Yeah. Now they were like, you know, it turns out people like thumbsticks. So we'll put one of those. Oh, and people like like buttons. D-pads. So so it, it, always always it always had those buttons? I think. Okay. So it's like almost yeah. one step removed from a regular. No, I mean, I, I, it does some interesting things. Like um, it's got the triggers up here. Yeah. Right? But the handles down here are also buttons. Okay. 
so like there's there's some interesting things that, that they've done so I, i'm interested to try it uh and yeah down here see that so you've got your triggers up here but then like right here you've got this uh, more triggers more triggers <laughs> plus it's got a steam logo on the back you know, all right as you do so November sixteenth, if or October sixteenth, if uh, if you get in early, and uh, our last thing now is last thing from Computex. Hopefully, it's the last thing from Computex. I hope. Uh, Asrock shows off Skylake based Z one seventy gaming mini ITX motherboard. So I think this might be the first like oops, we accidentally released this officially. Nope. No. 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 There were a ton at Computex. Yeah, but this is like with official PR photos and everything. I just thought most of them were like, well, it was on display, so people took pictures. Regardless, this is uh, ASRock Z170, so this will be for Skylake processors when they come out uh, later this year. Mini ITX variant, you can see. Looks pretty nice. Looks pretty clean. Two dim slots, so you can tell it's dual-channel memory still. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, PCI, uh, PCI Express by 16 slot, full size. SATA Express port. SATA Express or SEX port. Yeah. Uh, normal, non-SEX ports, just SATA ports. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going to start calling those now. Non-sex. Boys. Yeah, I, I said that to my wife once. She slapped me. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta mount that storage. Yeah. 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 In the the sex port, Tina. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. yeah. I, can, I can't see how that would go wrong. Yeah, uh, I wasn't able to mount for weeks, and that's <laughs> why he had to adopt. <laughs> uh, oh. Six USB three. You dot two, Alan. Oh, this has two <laughs> USB three dot one ports. <laughs> That's two USB 3.1 ports. That's nice. Um, uh, wow. DDR4. Where are they fitting that? For the person asking. I don't know where they're fitting that. Well, it's USB 3.1. doesn't have to be Type-C. But it needs a, a third-party controller. Yep. Um, it's got to be somewhere. It's hiding under that big old um, heat sink. It could be this. <laughs> just, it could be this. Just look. There actually just is. Look it's for probably small that squares. One. This one? I can't see where you're pointing. You're on the yeah. other side of the screen. Yeah, <laughs> you're pointing to the same place. It's probably okay. right there. It's this one right here, and I think that's the CMOS battery standing vertically as well. Yay, Mori! Some Mori like that. That's not a very good placement. Uh, There's no place good for it on a mini ITX motherboard. The as back. It turns out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's what you got. Looking forward to for that Z170 chipsets. I don't know what it will change. Maybe Z170 has USB 3.1 in it. I mean, it's not going to have it, but maybe it does. You know. Uh, no, doesn't mention anything for Thunderbolt 3 or anything like that either, but subject to change as we go. All right, let's get into our hardware software picks of the week, guys. Uh, first up, me, because me. Um, oh, here it comes. We, uh, there, I saw this on, on Reddit last week. It was a sp- – no, I'm going to do it on my phone. Yeah, well, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to plug it in. Yeah, I'll just do it on the mic. So it is a um, – it's from SoundHound which probably a lot of you guys know. It's an app for Android. It'll come out on iOS eventually, and it's kind of like in this beta stage for Android um, where it does voice voice recognition, but it tries to do natural language recognition as well. Mm-hmm. And I saw a demo video of it that I showed to Ken and Allen last week, uh, and it was just really impressive the way they do it. So um, I'm going to steal one of their examples that they have here uh, and see if it actually works. Well, don't steal their example. That's what they want you to well, do. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but so, okay, let's see, let's see. What can I think of here? Um, um, it takes a little uh, bit of effort to think in such a free. Well, see, form. I was going to say, where is the St. Louis Arch? But that's a pretty easy <laughs> question for to answer. Well, you can see if it gets okay. It wrong. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, where is the Grand Canyon? Here is Grand Canyon. 
Uh, are there any hotel? Oh wait, I gotta hit the button again. Are there any hotels? Show me in the hotels Grand near there for less than two hundred dollars next week. No so, results found with availability in Grand Canyon for Sunday, June fourteenth, staying for six nights. For you kind of gave it a gigantic area. Maybe it's a two hundred dollars per night. See, this is why I wanted to use the example. But again, you know, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, where is Lake Tahoe? Show me hotels near there for $300 or less next week. Showing nine results with availability near Lake Tahoe for Sunday, June 14th, staying for six nights for maximum of $300 US per night. And it's got a little map, and it's got some of them listed there. Uh, you can do. And what is what is a unmarked white van that <laughs> claims yeah. to have a lot of candy? And it's only $6 a night. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I could do... Uh, oops, got that first little part there too. Try math. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah do some yeah. math. Uh, what's the mortgage on a seven hundred thousand dollar house? What is the down payment? Ten percent. Okay, using a down payment of ten percent. What is the mortgage period? Thirty, 30 years. years. Okay, using a mortgage period of thirty years. What is the interest rate? Four percent. Okay, using an interest rate of 4%, your monthly mortgage payment is $3,007.72. Crap. Damn. Shouldn't buy a house that expensive. Um, I never live in California. What if I change that to a 15-year period? Showing search results for... Uh Uh-oh, you broke it. (laughs) You broke it. <laughs> for a 14 year don't, don't period don't look, oh don't look at those results but it was able to change I'm, I'm surprised she didn't come back and say you're getting screwed for 4% <laughs> yeah yeah you really should uh... oh I don't I see I don't know what it is I don't know what to expect and anymore. that is how they're going to monitor um, so that what, what they kind of focus on so I mean Google obviously does a lot of this stuff Siri does a lot of this stuff Cortana does a lot of this stuff but I will say one of the things that, that is impressive is how quickly it show like how quickly the text shows up on the screen as yeah. i say it yeah um actually i used this earlier today there was a song on the radio and i said i hit the button and i said what song is this and it did then it did a search and it found out what the song was and it showed me yeah and then i said show me the lyrics of that song and then it used it and brought mm-hmm. up because that's one of the things soundhound does is is that and so it brought it up and it actually started showing it in real time kind of with the with the song as they do mm-hmm. as well uh it's just called hound it's from sound hound but the app is called hound um and you know they've talked about it's it's a little bit limited on on what it can do they they basically say it's for um uh, where it's focuses hotels local weather map and poi nav dialing address books text date and time oh that's a good one um how about what time is it here when it's 3 p.m in taipei it is 5 30 a.m no Un. Oh. <laughs> Un India is a place, as it turns out. <laughs> Un India. What time is it in Taipei right now? It's not that impressive. It is 11.23 a.m. the next day in Taipei. Oh, it's the next day. I mean, it's it, looking into the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does some cool stuff, and I'm sure Google will do a lot of that as well. Uh, that is, It's only on Android now, but it'll be on iOS eventually and I, until they overload all their servers. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Who's next? Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah. One of the fun things that came out of the Fragging Frogs uh, VLAN 10 was a game called Toxic. It's 
in alpha right now, but you can actually play it. And if you watch the very big, their little promo video, it's brilliant because they advertise what it doesn't have. It has no levels, it has no classes, it has no reload, it has no cover-based shooting system. It oh, is how is it even a game? School Unreal Tournament style, uh, to the point where a fair amount no of classes, the guns no kind of resemble some of your favorite uh, Unreal Tournament things. Kind of? Are you being like? It, tell just, me the just, truth. Just a wee little bit, you know. Okay. Uh, Except uh, instead of a little teleport disc, you sort of turn into this little hover car no, for really? zooming around, which actually does add a really nice thing to the game. It's fun, <laughs> it's quick, it's fast, and I'm trying to convince the boys uh, more often because... That's actually a really good video. Like, this is a good ad video for this. Yeah, yeah. No, serious, and this is how it plays, too. So while we're patiently waiting for the new Unreal Tournament to come out... This is a very decent little alternative. There's your little hovercraft that you turn into. You can hmm. do it, uh, and then, then it recharges after you wipe out. It's got mutators. It's got capture the flag modes. There are vehicles. It's a hell of a lot of fun. And if you're kind of sick of dumping in 80-some hours before a game becomes fun, you're going to like this one. Eighteen ninety nine currently. Yeah. Uh, listed as very positive under user reviews. It is an early access game. Take that for what it's worth. But it, it is playable. You can buy a four-pack for $55. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you want to... Hey, I, I count four people on this <laughs> podcast, Ryan. <laughs> if you want an early access arena shooter game... Ken doesn't could, count. He's you, five. You could just play <laughs> well, no, you Unreal can give it to Tournament. Ken because I've already got it. Yeah, but Unreal Tournament, well, do they don't have like, a, like, a, like an installer, easy yeah, to use, do. all that stuff? No, they do, do they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an early access arena shooter game. Is it? Is it listed on Steam? Can I install it on Steam? Yep. You can indeed. No, no, no. Unreal Tournament. I mean, oh, uh, the new well. one. No. The answer? Just, just saying. Just saying. When you search Unreal Tournament, Toxic yeah, is Paradox, the fourth yeah, I'm entry. trying to play Arma 3, but it's hard. All right. <laughs> this is just silly fun. Josh, what do you got? Um, so I've, I've had these for a little while, and I've been testing them. And uh, I've, I've come to enjoy them. They're the Logitech G35s that I'm wearing now. Uh, for what you pay... sixty nine ninety nine. You know what? You just ruined something. $70. Anyway. <clears throat> so they've, they've, they've got a lot of functionality. The DAC in there is, is pretty decent. The sound Sounds quality. Good. I mean, as I go into the, the review that I'll be posting here shortly... Mm. We'll talk about it more. But, uh, yeah, the amount of functionality you get for the low, low price of... sixty nine ninety nine. You get a lot of headphones. <laughs> it's almost like that was pre-recorded. <laughs> it did sound like we, mo- we edited it in. We dubbed it. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's just part of the lovely, lovely functionality that this brings to the table. And, again, 70 bucks is not a whole lot. No, for, no. I mean, they used good. to be 120 bucks. They dropped the price... Drastically. Could you check on the function of the mute button for us too? Okay. Uh, and and just leave oh, it engaged. Oh, now I can't hear you. Yep. This is yeah. great. I love this headset. There's a red light that that, that shows up there, and obviously I didn't notice it earlier. Uh, <laughs> and also when you when you whip well it up, positioned is it? When you when you whip yeah, it out. When you whip it up, it, it goes into mute as well. Yeah, that, I like that feature. I like that feature. Yeah, it's nice. 
Very cool. That's a Logitech G35. And a review of that pending shortly. Yes. All right. And Alan. So in case you're wondering just how much you can cram into a single five and a quarter inch bay, uh, that is eight two and a half inch SSDs all in one device. It slides into, if your case has a five and a quarter inch bay. Fewer of them do now than they did before. Yeah, they're, but they're, yeah. getting, they're getting hard to come by, but if you still got one of those cases and you're a storage maniac that wants to have a lot of SSDs plugged into a system at once, uh, this is this is pretty much it. Like, it's there really isn't much room for anything else in the back there. You got two SATA ports, or sorry, eight <laughs> SATA ports, two SATA power ports, and two fans all jammed into the back, and then, of course, the eight hot swap bays in the front. Wait, so if you're using, like, sort of power-hungry SSDs in this, would you run into an issue? With two SATA power ports? No. Really? Yeah, they can handle oh. They can handle. What about heat? Issues. My issue is, like, heat, because those aren't... There oh, are don't two, worry, yeah, don't well. two fans. It has tiny-ass fans. It'll be great. It has these two fans, which I believe... the, the Have one you plugged that in yet? I believe in this model, they're proportionally controlled, like, heat based so the hotter it gets the faster the fans will go sure. you know um like pwm the yeah, hotter it, like it gets PWM it'll thing. sound like a cisco rotor under you haven't plugged load. it in yet no but all the other ones so it might sound like Wee! no 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 no, no. The, they're yep. good these guys are good about throttling these things regardless well, you let me know when you plug it in if it goes Wee! well if it does if it goes we then i won't have to let you know Wee! And then it slows back down, and then it goes wee, and that's a bad that's a bad fan right there because it just spins up and down all the time. I, I will say that unless you're using something like how um, much is this? And unless you're using SSD 730s, um, shouldn't have an issue. You shouldn't have an issue with heat. Like you probably could even go as far as just to unplug the two fans in the back if they did make yeah. too much noise. Really, H- how much is it? Uh, actually, I don't have the price handy. Dang it. This is like this is like the one thing we ask. Well, uh, I know. In this specific segment of the podcast, HDM, HDM. Oh, it's got like a really high pitched voice. Why don't Why don't they have the price? The, the because price. they're fooling you. If you have to ask. Yeah. So far, so good, Al. What do you got? Uh, it is one hundred and thirty three dollar. Ooh. And ninety nine cents. Buy two headsets. That's not that cheap much. for a. Uh, you buy two of them. Well, it is all metal. You know, the cages are metal. Four packs. Can I get a plastic one? You don't have to worry about breaking them. A lot of the cages in these things are plastic. Like these types of things. Yeah, but if I'm not going to touch them. Yeah, I mean... Uh, No, I mean, I have one one at home that's like a four bay. It needs upgrading. Well, no, I have one at home that's a four bay. It's plastic and like two of the little... Trap door thingies at the. If front. you buy them a discount, if you buy eleven or more, they're only one hundred twenty-six dollars a piece. I don't need that. I don't that think w- this that would make. This a killer, is not really a consumer. product. That would make a killer case mod. This is not really a consumer product, is it? Well, I mean, like, none, of, none honest, of these hot swap SATA things are really. Consumer but you can products. you can you can maybe argue that ones ones that have like two drives maybe could be. But like, yeah, nobody's going to use eight two and a half inch drives, whether that, or not they're hard drives or SSDs. Well, okay. First of all, uh, you can't really fit eight typical two and a half inch hard drives in here because there's oh. it's limited to seven millimeter height ah okay so it's gonna be the ssd the thin style ssd gotcha size which oh i mean there there are some SATA hard drives that are seven millimeter height but not many because god knows you don't have enough ssds alan look at the, uh, i like no. this i like all these models listed here on this new egg page too like yeah there's a bunch of different variants of of this guy there's some that have like two hot swap bays and then like a three and a half inch <laughs> bay in the center underneath and like there's quad hot swap and 
These guys go kind of crazy with the whole. Like, no, no, don't add the card. I changed my mind. No. Oh no! Now you bought of everything. Too late. <laughs> uh, all right. So you're gonna have something on that uh, soon as well. I will. Okay. Uh, that's going to be the show for this week, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Again, PCPro.com slash live is where we record the show on Wednesdays. And if you want to find the show after the fact, you can find this episode, all of our previous episodes, over at PCPro.com slash podcast. It's where you can find the RSS files, the MP3 downloads, the SoundCloud subscriptions, and embeds, and all that stuff. Uh, so uh, I guess that's it. We're going to round up the show, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next week. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walters. <laughs> and I'm Alan Malventano. <laughs>